Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 5.51 East Coast AM time, Saturday, October 19th. I'm going to break down tomorrow night's Sunday night football showdown slate between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we start and before we get into that, welcome to the channel if you're new here. My name is Sal Vetri. I do cover, indeed, daily fantasy sports in the NFL, MLB, WNBA, and the NBA streets. NBA less than a week away. NBA less than, what, five days away at this point. So welcome if you're new here. If you hit the subscribe button, it helps me out. If you get any value from this video, I really do appreciate that. Helps me grow this channel, helps me reach more people, helps me continue to be able to deliver this information at a high quality level. So if you do get satisfaction from this video, please do hit the subscribe button. Roam around in the description down below. There's some free giveaways down below there. Um, You can find my Patreon exclusive content. I put about 25 hours a week into content just on Patreon. Um, So if you think you like some of my YouTube stuff, you can check that out. There's even more in-depth content. information there pretty much the background to how I get the knowledge and, and understanding of everything that goes on in the the NFL and, and other sports as well coming soon and then also you can follow me on my socials down below there if you're listening on the audio version of this podcast what's up hope your ears are doing well over there I appreciate it if you could leave a five-star rate and potentially a review if you ha- enjoy this podcast it takes a couple of seconds and it really does go a long way in reaching more people on the audio version so thank you if you're watching on the video What's up? Hopefully you can uh, check out the audio version sometime as well. It's a Sal Vetri show. It is called on really anywhere you listen to podcasts as far as I know. So hit the subscribe button. And with that being said, um, the last thing I will note is that in the description down below, uh, depending on when you're watching this, if you're watching this before the game on Sunday night, it, it's irrelevant. But for next week, it's good to know. Drafters, I will be hosting a listener league on drafters. You can check it out down below to see if there's still spots available. Um, and, and that is a $5 buy-in listener league on drafters. It's a it's a, a online draft site, uh, snake draft instead of salary cap base. It's pretty cool. So check them out for sure. That will be linked down below. All that's out of the way. All the housekeeping, out of the, housekeeping is out of the way. All the, all the uh, plugs for myself are out of the way, right? Um, so now, getting into the slate, right now I have 12 players in a player pool. Surely, once again, I'll always state this disclaimer. This is the way that I'm approaching it as of right now. I'll talk about my strategy a day before the showdown slate, why I'm going there. But everything I'm doing should not be just completely copied and pasted into your lineups. And then at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, because most of the time on showdown slate strategy is, is uh, something that you have to kind of stick to and, and form your strategies differently. Because we know that really uh, the main strategies to get different are one, play 150 lineups, try and predict game flows and scenarios. Two, leave some money on the table so when you do win, you're not putting $10 in, automatically reducing your ceiling of how much you could actually win from it. Leave money on the table. Uh, The last four or five showdown sites that I've played, I I have set my max salary cap usage to 49000 I do not want to put my $10 per entry in and spend all of my money or only leave 100 or 200 on the table and automatically know that if I win, I'm not winning the top prize. I'm splitting it. I don't like that. I don't like reducing my upside automatically. So that's what I do. Um, in the last couple of days, I have completely eliminated players from my player pool. Now, I don't think, I'm not even sure if this is right. I don't know if there's a right way to be playing showdown. I don't think anybody really does. Um, the people that have won, I, I know. And if I win, I know it's primarily from luck, a little bit of skill for sure. 
um, when it comes to building 150 lineups, definitely more skill there. But primarily, it's sort of lucky um, when every single play, even a quarterback kneel down to end the game, has lost people's uh, thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars before. It's absolutely crazy. So with that being said, the last couple of slates on Monday night, I just completely wiped out Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones for my exposures. I did the same thing for Patrick Mahomes on Thursday, obviously I'm not wanting to see somebody get injured. So I got extremely lucky there in terms of how that worked out. Probably wouldn't have worked out, but we will obviously we'll never know. Um, but I'm going to maybe do the same thing this game with Zeke. I'm trying to look at trends on some websites that track these trends. Players that are $11,000 or more, especially when there's other players in that 10K or more range. We have four total players in the 10K or more range on this slate. Um, when you have a player who's $11,000 or more, they're not needed nearly as much as people expect. Why? Well, um, because you can build your lineup a lot different ways. And when you're playing that $11,000 player, and there are multiple other $10,000 players on the slate, you're automatically missing out on at least two of those players, if not all three. So you really have to have a lot of things go your way. That $11,000 player obviously has to have a game, right? A very good game to pay off that tag somewhere in the 20 plus range for running backs like Zeke. And not even does he just have to go for 20 plus, probably 25 plus. Um, but even if he gets 20 or 20 plus, those other guys, Amari Cooper on this slate, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, um, even Michael Gallup, who's 9,600. All of those guys, pretty much, maybe one of them only, but m- for the most part, all those guys have to be suppressed and not really hit their ceilings. Um, and in a game like this, where the secondary for the Eagles is completely banged up and we're about to get into that, I kind of lean to attack the passing game here. Um, and there's a really good chance that Zeke comes in on a slate like this where it's kind of balanced at the top, in my opinion, in terms of a lot of different ways you can go. He might only come in 60%, 70% owned, not as aggressively as he has in the past on showdown slates when he's 80%, 90% owned due to the pricing of this one. But there's a chance that I just, if I'm playing 40, 50 lineups on this one, I just exclude him from it. Um, especially when you factor in the matchup with versus the uh, Philadelphia de- defensive front. Do I think that's the proper way of going about it? I have no idea, right? I probably will never have no idea since it's a one-game sample. Uh, That's just my strategy. That is not something that I am condoning for other people to do. Uh, But there's a chance as of right now, and I'm not totally sold yet on it. I have to look at crunches. But there's a chance, and I lean to do it, that I just exclude Zeke from my samples and and crunch from there. And I'm trying to do this on every single slate. Just if they're not needed in the winning lineup, I'm in a very good spot. If they are, oh well, on to the next showdown slate. So that's my my current strategy for the past two weeks or so of doing this did it with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones last Monday worked out very good did it with Patrick Mahomes on Thursday worked out good obviously for getting very lucky reasons and it seems like Mahomes is better than I expected so that's good but getting into these players in the player pool one by one Dak Prescott yeah I like him he's 10,800 against this just absolutely depleted Eagle secondary that is going to be without Maddox Avante Maddox for another week um, injured in the Packers game Darby is a question mark. He he practiced some this week, but look, if Ronald Darby plays, he was one of the worst cornerbacks in the league when he was playing for the first three weeks of the season or whatever it was. So no major upgrade there. It seems like Dak's going to have all three of his offensive linemen back, Zach Martin, Lael Collins, and Tyron Smith. They're all questionable, but expected to play. So you get Dak now against this Eagle secondary um, that there's no improvements. If Darby comes back, I don't see that as harming Dak at all. If anything, it's just as good for Dak, depending on who Ronald Darby would be to replace. If it's Douglas, that's probably an upgrade for the Cowboys, honestly. If um, Darby replaces Douglas and goes up against uh, Michael Gallup, that's an upgrade for Dallas, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, very good matchup. He's going to have all of his protection back. His pass protection is going to have the advantage against Philadelphia's defensive front, where uh, Philadelphia continues to deal with some injuries on their defensive front. Uh, Jerrigan not supposed to be playing for this one either. 
So I do like Dak if you're going to pay up the price. The problem is the price tag is expensive, but when you factor in these four players in the 10K range, he's one of the two guys that I prefer the most. And the second guy would be the guy right below him, Amari Cooper. Um, so every single Cowboy, except for Anthony Brown, their slot cornerback, who came in this week questionable, you have Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, all three of those linemen, Byron Jones, another cornerback. All these guys are questionable, but expected to play. Amari Cooper's injury is pretty much pain management. They said there's no long-term ligament damage, nothing like that. It, it's mainly just a very deep thigh bruise. I think it was a thigh bruise. Um, and with that being said, it, it's, it's a pain management thing, and he's expected to play. If we get news that Amari Cooper is actually going to play an hour and a half before lock, or before then, even if somebody comes out like Adam Schefter or a beat reporter and reports that he's fine, he's going to be in an absolutely great spot against Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones has maybe been the best cornerback for um Dallas or for the Eagles this year and that's not saying much Sidney Jones who has missed a game so he's only played five games not six has given up 15 receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns uh, it's a 68 percent completion percentage against him um so you're probably going to have Sidney Jones against Amari Cooper they're similar in size but the main reason you probably get them against each other is because Sidney Jones um has I believe the best 40 yes he does the best 40 time on the Eagles which we know that Amari has a lot of speed not size Amari beats people from crisp route running and then just his ability to accelerate so at $10,200 Amari if he is playing and he is healthy so if he suits up I'm expecting he's healthy unless told otherwise um he is probably my favorite 10k or above play um, and then Dak right after that, as of right now. Michael Gallup. It's really tough because Michael Gallup's 9600 Like, Michael Gallup, 8600 would have been a fantastic price tag. So I have Michael Gallup as a yes, but if you're trying to fit Amari, Prescott, Gallup into the same lineup, you probably have to find somebody like Nelson Aguilar to put in your captain spot, right? Run it back for correlation. Somebody who's cheaper. Maybe you somehow fit a Ertz captain spot at Ertz at $8,000. It seems very difficult to do that. But it seems difficult to imagine you having an Amari, Gallup, and Dak lineup in a showdown slate and making it work, not because I don't think they can all go off. I think they can all have very good games. I think Gallup can have a 15 to 20-point fantasy day. I think Amari can obviously have that and more. It's just tough when the salaries come into play. You probably have to find yourself having a cheaper player. I think the idea of having like a Jordan Howard in your captain spot, thinking the Eagles get ahead in this one um, and get ahead by a decent margin. And then it's just an onslaught of passing from Dallas makes sense. But that's something that you have to kind of game script around. I do think Gallup is also in a good spot. As of right now, he's likely to face Razul Douglas. Um, Razul Douglas so far this year, yeah, he's been torched on the outside, literally left and right, absolutely torched. Gallup will fight, likely face him due to the fact that they have very similar height, speed, and weight comps, like almost identical in all those. I think Gallup has an inch on him, like four pounds on him, and they pretty much ran the same identical 40 time. So far, Razul Douglas, 19 receptions, 288 yards, and three touchdowns against him on the outside. That is a lot. He's giving up 11.6 DraftKings points per game solely by himself. Solely by himself. This won't be a shadow matchup. So literally just himself in that secondary is giving up almost 12 fantasy points per game. That's one cornerback out of the three that are on the field primarily for the most part when you consider a slot cornerback and two outsides. So yeah, good matchup for Gallup. Zach Ertz. So I prefer Ertz to, to Alshon, and we actually get a discount on Ertz. Ertz has been battling at some points in games, double teams in the middle of the field, but he's been able to beat a lot of them, and they're not consistent throughout the whole game with uh, Deshaun Jackson still likely out. Evan Ingram is the only quality tight end Dallas has faced. So if you're, if you're somebody who's looking up your fantasy points per game through six weeks of the NFL season and solely relying on that, and you're about to type in the comments, ready? But Dallas has only given up nine fantasy points per game to the tight end. Yeah, Evan Ingram is the only noteworthy one they played. You want to know who else they played? They played Vernon Davis. They played Ryan Griffin of the Jets, um, right? These are the, the tight ends that they have played so far this year. Uh, they played Jimmy Graham in a, in a game where the Packers 
um, were up by two to four scores and didn't have to throw the ball. And even when they threw the ball, Jimmy Graham still caught, what, three balls for like 45 yards. So look, at the end of the day, um, Evan Ingram is the only quality tight end Dallas has faced. So if you're somebody who relies on defense versus position in the NFL through six weeks, um, the last spot you want to look at is tight end. We know that that is heavily skewed. If you have not faced a quality tight end, one of the five or six, six probably now, uh, with Darren Waller in the league, maybe seven quality tight ends in the NFL, then yeah, you're going to look like you're very good against tight ends when your defense really just hasn't been tested. So I do prefer Ertz in the middle of the field, who is still the favorite target of Carson Wentz. Um, That one game when Evan Ingram played them, week one, he had 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. He was an absolute problem for this Dallas secondary. Jordan Howard is my last yes. Um, Jordan Howard is $6,200. And the price point is confusing relative to Miles Sanders' $6,400 price tag. Um, Jordan Howard, they said, was going to be fed and be the primary running back for this team going into their last game last week. And that's exactly what happened. He took over primarily uh, the snaps, the far majority of the furthest split that we've seen so far this season with um, with Miles Sanders only having 29% of the snaps last week and Jordan Howard seeing the far majority of them. Uh, even with Peters out, Uh, on the offensive line. Jason Peters is out, by the way, for Carson Wentz on the offensive line. It's still the best run blocking advantage on the entire weekend, not just for not just for this game, the entire weekend, including all the Sunday games and even Monday night. It's the entire week of NFL week seven. The Eagles offensive line has the best matchup against Dallas Cowboys defensive line for this game. Um, So yeah, this is a good spot for Jordan Howard. It's an interesting spot to put him in a captain. I don't really like putting running backs there, especially when they're underdogs, but it's something that I imagine a lot of people won't do. Um, I probably probably have him as a captain if I played 50 lineups, but not heavy exposure, maybe like six Jordan Howard captain lineups, but we'll see. Um, so Howard is a primary back now, and you know you know he's going to get the primary, uh, primary, primary, right? I uh, can't even speak, but you know he's going to get all of the goal line work pretty much. So Jordan Howard is a yes for me as of right now. Uh, now into my maybes where I think I have like seven of them. Um, Matt Collins. Look, I know Matt Collins has been terrible, like two straight weeks, three straight weeks, whatever it is. Deshaun Jackson has been out. He's going to be out again. Matt Collins has gotten no separation, has not caught a ball in the last two games. I understand how bad this guy has been. But DraftKings priced him as if he's not even stepping on the football field. I mean, he might as well not have the last two games based on his ability to get open. But now he is going to go out there with no DJX again. He's priced at $400 for a guy who played 60% of the snaps last week and ran 28 routes. Like, this guy is running 28 routes on the outside, which we know are high upside routes. He's been bad, but $400 is hard to ignore. Now, he's been very bad, and I know he's running a lot of routes, and I, I do think he clearly has upside at that price point. I mean, if you catch one ball for 30 yards um, at $400, you pay off your tag, but that doesn't mean you win a tournament because you have four points from Matt Collins. You need him to do more than that, but he allows you to fit in a lot of players into your lineups, those lineups with Amari, Gallup, and Dak if you want to go a, a Dallas onslaught in the passing game. Then, yeah, Matt Collins would allow that to happen, not on the captain spot. Just put him in the flex, and you can still do it. Um, I do like Matt Collins. The concern is, though, that this guy can't catch a ball in Dallas's secondary is very fast, whether it's Byron Jones um, on him, or actually Byron Jones will probably be on Alshon, or just the opposite end of it. I can't even pronounce the cornerback's name, like Azuzi. Uh, he'll be on him, and he's been probably the most solid cornerback for the Dallas, Dallas this year. So really tough matchup for Matt Collins, a guy who's been failing to get any separation. But really hard not to ignore the $400 price point. I guess in the comments, let me know if you're still watching this or listening on the podcast. Um, what do you think about Matt Collins? Obviously, the price point's great. The the usage for him is great for the price point, without a doubt. But if you watch these games, he is literally just getting bullied on the outside by cornerbacks. He doesn't even have a chance to catch the ball. Um, I guess opportunity over efficiency, right? And that's what I'll stick with, so I have interest. Zeke Elliott, I have as a maybe. Look, I just prefer the passing game here against this Eagles secondary. 
for Zeke. I get it. He's a favorite in this game. He's ran the most routes over the last three weeks, 104 for the Cowboys, but it's been skewed, right? Obviously, Amari doesn't play pretty much all of last week, just playing four snaps. Michael Gallup wasn't playing three weeks ago. So him running the most routes on the team at 104 is skewed because their top two receivers each missed the game during that time. But either way, like the fact that he is averaging 33 routes run per game, 34 even, almost 35 routes run per game over the last three games. That's pretty encouraging. That's very encouraging, in my opinion, playing 93% of the snaps over the last three weeks. Tony Pollard, a backup rookie running back, has only played 14 total snaps the last three weeks and has ran zero routes. So I have no interest in Tony Pollard. Zeke, of course, has a very good um, very good uh, matchup for him himself, if you consider that his offensive line is probably the top two, three run blocking unit in the league. So even against this Philadelphia defensive line, they have an advantage. Now, that's not a huge advantage, but it is an advantage. And when people say, oh, Sal, you just said Zeke has a very good matchup against the Philadelphia run defense. Yes, the Philadelphia run defense has been very good on a yards per carry basis. If you look at them overall, according to Pro Football Focus, there's bottom half in the league against the run. Well, what does that mean? It means on a neutral field against neutral backs, if you pull some things out, they're not nearly as good as they have been. So some of it's matchup-based. I know they stonewalled Dalvin Cook. Some of it's matchup-based um, and out of the backfield as well. They're very poor against running back. So it's being very much weighted down uh, by that those factors. But regardless, it's a showdown slate. We have to talk strategy here and not just his matchup versus them. Like, I think the matchup for him against the Eagles run defense is going to be overhyped how bad it is, but the fact that he's running so many routes and not leaving the field and is the clear just every down goal line back for this team, and he's running behind the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, which you can say what you want about it. It's still a top three offensive unit when all healthy, and they are all healthy for this game in the league. Then, yeah, I feel okay. Um, like New Orleans defensive line, in my opinion, and their run stop unit is better than the, the Eagles. Not by much, but they are. And Zeke was stonewalled by them, but still able to catch six balls and get in the end zone. So like the upside for Zeke is there. I just think it's very much suppressed. I'm not worried about his talent here. I'm worried about it's a showdown slate and he's $11,000 and two of his passing game options are cheaper than him and they have better matchups. So uh, I think I lean, like I said earlier, to fade Zeke fully if I play 40 lineups, 50 lineups. Um, and that's fine with me. Um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You're on to the next showdown slate. If it does work, um, or he's not in the winning lineup, well then 40 or 50 or however many lineups you end up playing are all live for, for that night. Uh, Jason Wynn at 5,200. Jason Wynn's an interesting story here because we've seen him play 80 plus percent of the snaps for two straight weeks now. He's ran 38 routes per week over the last two weeks. Now a little bit skewed because last week they don't have Amari and the week before that they're down by two to four scores all game to Green Bay. So definitely skewed there, but it's good to see him on the field more. And this Philadelphia um, defense, has been giving up uh, good games to tight ends and good games to tight ends. And they have yet to really face a, a dominating tight end outside of one Austin Hooper. They gave up six catches for 61 yards um, and a touchdown to Jimmy Graham. They gave up four catches for 59 yards and a touchdown to Vernon Davis. Now, Vernon Davis was a little bit fluky week one. Jimmy Graham was when the Packers did not have any Devontae Adams, so he was the key target. But either way, just some things to note, nothing major. Hooper only caught four balls for 34 yards against them. But the concern with Jason Witten is um, you attack the Eagles on the outside. We already talked about how Douglas has been torched on the outside. We already talked about how Sidney Jones and if even Darby comes back. All these guys are very terrible, to be honest with you, at cornerback. Um, you attack them with Amari and Michael Gallup. So if Amari is healthy and Gallup obviously is healthy, he's going to be out there. It's tough for me to really want to get to Witten. It is a favorable price point, but you just don't have to focus. And we saw the Falcons do it. Just go to Julio and Ridley on the outside. You don't have to focus on your Hoopers and Sanus or, for this case, your Wittens and your Cobbs in the middle of the field because your your key matchup is on the outside. So Witten's a maybe just because the price point's okay. We know his red zone upside, and he's playing a lot of snaps now. 
but I prefer the outside guys for sure. And the price points indicate that. Nelson Aguilar. So primary slot cornerback for the Cowboys, Anthony Brown is likely to miss. Jordan Lewis, former Michigan a defensive back out of college, he's likely to start in his place. Lewis has been the backup slot cornerback this year, really just a fourth cornerback overall, but he's been very good when he plays. He's only played about 62 slot snaps, but it's second most on the team, hence why he's going to be filling in for Anthony Brown. On seven of targets this year, he's only been targeted seven times in the slot. He's only allowed three catches for 32 yards. He's been really solid there. Um, and now you have Randall Cobb coming, or you have Nelson Aguilar coming in here. I don't know why I said Randall Cobb. You have Nelson Aguilar coming in here, a guy who has not been playing that well as of late, um, but still a guy in the passing game that's probably a top two option right behind Zach Ertz. I believe he's probably ahead of Alshon Jeffrey in terms of just um, in a lot of progressions. Alshon Jeffrey at this point in his career, just become a, a jump ball receiver in a red zone target. Honestly, nothing downfield for his targets. Whereas Nelson Aguilar, he will see one to two deep targets a game. Aguilar's price point has me interested. He's very close to a yes for me because 4,600 for a guy who's going to play 90% of the snaps and face a backup cornerback, albeit Lewis has been good, still a backup cornerback um, and run out of the slot primarily is very favorable. I almost want to make Aguilar a yes because of the price point and you're going to need these cheaper plays because we have five guys that are 9,600 or above on this slate. Um, so I do like the spot for Aguilar. Uh, the next two maybes are just kickers. I'll say the same disclaimer as I always do with kickers. Um, just play one if you're going to play one. They're both fine to play. Um, this is a total. This is a good total game that both teams have. I think are implied for 22 points at least. So yeah, kickers, especially when they're going to get four points for a 40-yard field goal. Now these days, new scoring um, recently updated. Uh, well, I guess relatively recently updated. Um, when they're 36 and 3400, yeah, if they have a 10-point game, they're going to be needed. What is a 10-point game for a kicker? Uh, well, it's three field goals or it's two field goals and a couple extra points, right? So um, they're always in play. If you're entering 50 lineups, I usually end up having like a decent amount of kickers in my lineups, like 30% of each or 25% of each or something like that. If you're entering one lineup, though, my disclaimer is I would just go position players. Like if you want to get leverage to have a higher ceiling, you're entering just one lineup. I just go position players. Now on this slate, it's interesting because there's really nobody around that range that I like. Usually there's a guy at 3,800, 3,200 that I like next to the kickers. On this slate, there's not. Like Nelson Aguilar is the only other interest I have, or you go all the way down to Matt Collins for 400. In that range, relatively, not much. Like nothing in the $2,000 range stands out as all. There's really no viable plays there. Nothing in the $3,000 range stands out as all. There's really no viable plays there for position-based players. So kickers, I think, are very much in play based on where they're priced and those around them on this slate. Last somewhat interest is Dallas Goddard. So there's two ways this goes. Dallas Goddard has been running 20 routes per week over the last two weeks. That's pretty good, right? The concern is, though, that the way that this Eagles team is set up to beat the Cowboys, they have a very big run advantage on their offensive line against the Cowboys' defensive line, as we touched on earlier. The way they're set up to beat them is to just pound the rock with primarily Jordan Howard and then mix in Miles Sanders. And to an extent, Boston Scott on probably five carries, the third string running back now with um, Corey Clement on IR and Darren Sproles out yet again. So Dallas Goddard is a very run-heavy specialist in terms of a, a run-blocking tight end when it comes to that, right? He's he's his best skill. He's a good pass catcher. He runs decent routes, if that. But he's his best skill is definitely in the running game, um, which is where Zach Ertz severely lacks. So you see Dallas Goddard on the field. They use a lot of 12 personnel. They ran the most 12 personnel in the league last year, meaning two tight ends on the field, mainly because they use Ertz in the passing game. So they just use him as a receiver, but it's labeled as 12 personnel. So it's kind of skewed a little bit, but they use Goddard as just a, a blocking tight end. Um, so the concern here is that he's 1400. If he runs 20 routes, that's pretty good, right? For a tight end, especially around the red zone. So he's definitely in play for me. One of my 12 players right now that I have in a pool for you on this video and podcast. Um, but the concern is that they know that to win, they have to run the ball. They know that their secondary is still torched, and this Dallas Cowboys wide receivers are just going to have the best advantages on the outside with Gallup and Cooper. So run the ball, right? Try and win time of possession. 
And then that's just your best advantage in general, um, especially with no Deshaun Jackson this game and Jason Peters in the pass protection game being more of a hit for Carson Wentz, if anything. So I think Goddard is relatively in play, but at 1400 it's a weird price range where I'd rather spend $1,000 less and get Matt Collins, who I know will be on the field more, who I know will run more routes, and they're going to be more high upside routes because they're down the field. And then just to touch on some of the no's. So Carson Wentz, I don't have interest in a 10K. I'd just rather have Dak Prescott for $800 more. I'd definitely rather have Amari if he plays for $200 more in his matchup. And I'd rather have Michael Gallup for $400 less. I I just don't want Carson Wentz. Jason Peters is out. That's going to affect Wentz more than the running game. First round pick Andre Dillard is going to fill in at left tackle. So it shouldn't be as big of a drop off as normal when Jason Peters usually misses. Um, But I just don't see the upside in Wentz here. Dallas Cowboys, defensive backs. Um, Byron Jones is supposed to be back for this game. Xavier Woods has now been back for a couple of games in the safety. These guys are fast. They're some of the fastest DBs in the league. And you're going to throw out there against some Alshon Jeffrey, who has not been running like more than 10 yards down the field. And Matt Collins, who has not gotten any separation. And then you could potentially double team Ertz in the middle of the field. It's just really rough to imagine this Phillies passing offense, um, at least in hindsight, right? Anything can happen when the game starts. But in hindsight, having a ton of success, I don't want to pay 10K for Ertz. Alshon Jeffrey at 8,800. Just give me his teammate, Zach Ertz, for $800 less. Even if Ertz battles double teams, I like that more. Alshon Jeffrey's A dot is so, so low. He's not been getting targeted downfield. He's a very good red zone threat because of his size. Um, and right now he is going to have two inches and 18 pounds on the Cowboys cornerback, Byron Jones. But Byron Jones has been very good this year, only allowing a 56 completion percentage against him, only allowing 14 receptions for 182 yards and a touchdown this season. Against him this year, 6.7 fantasy points per game. That's very solid. I mean, we talked about earlier how Rasheel Douglas is giving up 12 fantasy points per game, almost double um, what Byron Jones is per game. That's how bad Rasheel Douglas has been and how pretty good to, or, or average to very good, I guess you can say it's a wide range, but Byron Jones has been. Alshon is just a TD or bust at this point, and the Dallas Cowboys defensive backs have only given up two or three touchdowns to wide receivers this year, which is the second lowest in the league. I don't really want Alshon at that price. Randall Cobb's in the slot coming off an injury he's expected to play. He's likely to face Orlando Skandrick, I believe a former Cowboy, uh, who has a very small sample size of just like a game pretty much this year, playing in the slot, but he only gave up one reception for two yards in that game. Um, I think it's an okay matchup for Cobb, but once again, you beat this team by going to the outside. Slot receivers have not had the greatest of days against Philly, not because there's a good cornerback in the slot, just because you, you just torch them on the outside, right? And that's the way that you beat them. Miles Sanders at 6,400. I'm very confused how Miles Sanders is more expensive than Howard. I get it. He's the better pass catching back for sure. We saw that on two very nice catches last week, two long catches out of the backfield. Um, But he only played 29% of the snaps last week, and they held true to their word on feeding Jordan Howard more, um, as they said, going into last week. Tavon Austin and... Devin Smith and Cedric Wilson, all these guys only become in play if Cobb and or Amari Cooper miss. If Cobb misses, Tavon Austin in the slot is in a good spot at his price point, but even then, 4400 is a good price point for sure, but even then, you target this team on the outside. I think I'd just rather, rather probably play Nelson Aguilar in that spot for $200 more. If indeed Amari misses, keep an eye on how you look at the injuries here. If they activate Devin Smith, it gets a little bit foggy because Devin Smith and Cedric Wilson would split the outside routes um, for Amari Cooper. Devin Smith was not active last week, so Cedric Wilson got them all, but I don't expect that to continue if Amari is ruled out, but I'm not expecting Amari to be ruled out, so it really won't matter. Devin Smith I might even be in, in, inactive for a third straight week if Amari is healthy, and so is Cobb. So with that said, those guys are easy no's. The defenses in this one, definitely don't want the Eagles defense. Uh, the Cowboys defense is going to miss Anthony Brown, but we said Jordan Lewis is a decent fill-in. 3,800 for the Cowboys defense, definitely always in play, I think. Um, Wentz has been very effective and efficient, though, this year, uh, in my opinion. 
on a on a per attempt basis. Uh, but he doesn't have a ton of weapons. So yes, this Dallas Cowboys defense can be played in tournaments. Um, I think I would rather just prefer a kicker in the same price range, though. Uh, but the defense clearly has higher upside due to their ability to score multiple times in a game. So that's it for me. Um, this is the Sunday night breakdown. This is just my thoughts on it. Hopefully this helps you. If you're listening on the audio version, uh, if you can just please leave a five-star review if you got any value and you listen to the whole thing, I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, and also, well, five-star rating. And then if you leave a review, that'd be greatly appreciative of you too. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know. What do you think about $400 Matt Collins? Let me know what you think about this slate in general. I know a lot of people probably won't play this slate. So this is usually one of the lower ranking videos in terms of viewership. We still get a few thousand, like 4,000, 5,000 views on it sometimes. So if you are watching to this point, uh, please hit the subscribe button if you have not yet already. We're about to hit 13,000 subscribers. Please check out the description down below. You can see me, on the, see me on the Pat Mayo Experience on Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Then it'll be on his archives podcast, the Pat Mayo Experience. Find me on Osmo's channel Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday as a guest for the NFL at 11 a.m. And then on Wednesday, I'll be on the Osmo channel to talk about basketball at 9.30 a.m. as well as always right here on this channel and this podcast. So thank you so much, everybody. Really appreciate this. This is a difficult one to break down just due to all the injuries and where things can go. Um, But I do think this slate has a lot of upside if you play it correctly and correlate it right. So best of luck. My name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.